Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Friday edition of Chalk Talk here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I am Renee Canales, joined in the studio by James Baccioni, our producer, Big Mike Rifkin. It is Friday, April 12th, 2019. Um, start, starting off with some news uh, from the baseball world. Uh, the New York Yankees announced Gary Sanchez is headed to the injured list of 10-day IL calf strain. Uh, that's the reason why he didn't play on Wednesday night. He felt some discomfort. He felt tightness in his leg. Uh, now we know exactly what it is. So another injury um, to put on the board for the New York Yankees. That's 12, I think. He was mashing, too. Yeah, he was. He was one of the hottest hitters in the Yankee lineup. But uh, Probably the hottest hitter in the Yankee yeah. lineup. So well, that, that, that pretty much starts I think it you're off. looking at two or three weeks on that one at least. Yeah, just, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, not good, man. Not good. Nope. Not the way you, you... Any update on Stanton or... Nothing anyone? yet. <laughs> Nothing yeah. yet. Um, no, still no, haven't heard a word on Aaron Hicks or, or when he comes back. Obviously, CeCe Sabathia is going to start uh, tomorrow uh, for the New York Yankees against the Chicago White Sox. But other than that, still haven't heard much on anybody else. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there for those of you who are interested in the New York Yankees injury uh, woes or how James Baccioni, you know, did when he came in. Ah! You know, ah, uh, ah, I'm working on my Yankee impression. That's not my Yankee player. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, um, the walking wounded. Yeah, pretty new, much. New literally, TV. that's what it is. New TV show. Literally, what it is. The uh-huh. walking wounded live from the Bronx. Um, but let's get into the NBA playoffs. Um, we're going to go conference by conference in, in, in their matches. Uh, we're going to start off with the Eastern Conference uh, with the number one overall seed. In the East, and then the number one team in basketball, the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm, set us up a little bit. Oh, there we go. I like that. Nice. Had, had it ready. Uh. <laughs> Very good, Big Mike. Very good. Uh, uh, I'll be honest. It was on here uh, well, Hey, it works. <laughs> Never say that. Just take the credit. Yeah, take I'll, the credit. I'll take the credit <laughs> anyway. It, but, you know. R- rewind it back. Rewind it back. Big Mike, great job on Thanks, having music man. ready for us, man. <laughs> The Milwaukee Bucks, the number one <laughs> team in the Eastern Conference, going up against the number 18, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Milwaukee with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who very might well be uh, top two in the MVP. Uh, oh, he's top. Uh, he's top consideration. <laughs> um, James Baccioni in this matchup. Is there any way do you see the Detroit Pistons coming out of this and pulling off the upset? No. As the eight seed? No. no not at a, not even a not even a close no, chance. No. I mean, I, there's no reason to for me to believe that the. Detroit Pistons will come out and even win a game, honestly, in this series. I mean, Milwaukee's got the best player on the floor. Blake Griffin's not the same Blake Griffin he used to be. And even if he was, he's not the guy who's going to go out there and beat Giannis Antetokounmpo one-on-one for four straight or for in the seven-game series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Milwaukee has just been the number one seed. They've been a model of consistency pretty much the whole year. If they lost this first-round series, I don't think that there would be a bigger disappointment in the That'd last bunch so of years in the NBA. I mean, extremely this, is, shocking. this is a Milwaukee team that is trying to put that narrative of they haven't been there before, they're not legit, we have to see it. They, I, I fully expect them to go out there and sweep this series, kind of get it done early, get a little rest ahead um, you know, for the next round, just take care of business in the first round because what has Detroit done all season? They've been a mediocre team, struggling over the 500 mark, really just kind of fought their way to get in there in the end. 
like a lot of teams in, the, in that bottom half did. But they, they were just lucky they played the Knicks on the final day of the season. Yeah. I mean, Detroit had a couple must wins towards the end of the stretcher. One I remember against the Nets, where that game determined who would get the tiebreaker, which was huge at the time. And we came out and we destroyed them. And I mean, if that's the kind of performance that I'm, you're going to see from Detroit in big games, from a team like Brooklyn, I can't imagine what a team like. Milwaukee's going to do to them for a series when they have nothing to do but study that team. I think they're going to pick them apart and dismantle them. I think it's concerning uh, that Blake Griffin missed that must-win that must win game uh, the other night against the New York Knicks on the final day of the season. Who knows what his status is so far uh, going into game one over the weekend. Um, if there is no Blake Griffin, I, I mean, I'm not giving him a chance either, even with Blake Griffin on the court. But if there is no Blake Griffin, oh, watch out. This is going to be a, an utter annihilation I mean, look, of this gonna team. What are they going to do? Are they going to put Andre Drummond on Giannis and Kenan Tupo? Because I don't think you can do that. He's not fast enough to guard a Giannis. And then that option, if you said if Blake's a little injured, that's a guy who's not going to be able to stop Giannis. And it was a knee injury as well, I believe it was. I mean, who else do you put on him? I don't think there's anybody that you can put on no, Giannis. No, they don't have They don't have, a matchup. They don't have anybody. They don't have it. They don't have it. You can't put Luke Kennard. I mean, you're going to double if you try a double team kind of thing. It's not going to work. Nothing's going to work. And they're not a quick enough team to run down the floor and beat Milwaukee in a transition game either. So the matchup really is just a nightmare for the for the Detroit Pistons and the Bucks. Nothing. I expect nothing short of a sweep. Uh, I guess. Yeah, you could. We we could say that. I mean, I wouldn't be necessarily shocked if Detroit pulls one out. You know, just to you know, make it some sort of you know a competitive series. But there is no way that Milwaukee loses two games in this series. Not at all. Not at all. I, just with the with the roster that they have. I mean, Eric Bledsoe is going to be huge. Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be Eric huge. Bledsoe has been really playing really well. Absolutely, since yeah. absolutely. Chris Middleton is going to be you know, uh, and also a, a, a great piece to have there during the series. I mean, just everybody from top to, from sure top to out. bottom. Is he? What about Michael Red and Ray Allen, guys? Right. <laughs> Michael Red. <laughs> remember Michael Red? I do remember Michael Red. Yeah, yeah I remember Michael Red. Yeah. Mike, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. <laughs> Glenn oh, Robinson. Sam, Sam Cassell. Yikes. I think the he's face, in the assistant the, somewhere the, now. The, uh, he's uh, with oh, the no, Clippers. he came back. He recently came back. Yeah, Middleton. That's why I was Middleton. like, I, I remember seeing, he was out. He immediately yeah, came yeah, back. Yeah, no, yeah. I was like, I remember seeing him playing on the uh, yeah. in one of the final games. But uh, no, Sam Cassell is with the Clippers. He's an assistant for Doc Rivers, <laughs> okay. uh, but fair enough. No, but yeah. So I mean, if we're looking at the Bucks team, we all know it's going to be Gian- the Giannis show. That that's just what it's going to be. But the so, the the people around him in no, the no, starting five the, that doesn't happen till the next round. It, it's they're not going to really be looked at necessarily until it, under, there's under a real challenge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't give Detroit any shot whatsoever in the series. Maybe to win one game, okay, I, I, I'll give them that. But anything else other than that, nothing. There is no upset in this in this series whatsoever. No, I mean, look, even if you they try to focus all their attention on Giannis, they're it, just going to kick out a guy like Brook Lopez on the perimeter. And he's going to do his thing and drain four to five three pointers a game. That's a great <laughs> point because Drummond's not going. Is Drummond going to follow? I don't know, but if you, Drummond has, is Drummond's going to play on Brook, then Drummond's Brook's just going to drag him out to the perimeter. Drummond's going to le- leaving the entire paint open, and then Giannis. 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 It's, it's yeah. just yeah. doesn't match up for the Detroit Pistons. It doesn't. They don't. It's, it's, it's not there. It's unfair. I, um, if I mean, it's just I don't see a way. I don't see a scheme, a game plan. I mean, I guess that's why I don't get paid the big bucks to do it. But I don't see a game plan, a defensive scheme they could do to neutralize that whole team. I don't either. It's just—it's basically unfair. I just see so many different ways that Milwaukee can easily adjust more to anything that Detroit throws at them. Yeah. And listen, my my Budenholzer is gonna have a, is gonna do a really good job of getting this team prepared anyway. So I mean, oh, they're ready. And, and, they're and, ready. And whatever and whatever Detroit throws at them, he's gonna make sure that he's gonna adjust to that. Yeah. 
regardless of what they do. Not but like you said. If they just have the better personnel. But, but like you said, if Andre Drummond is going to be guarding Brooke, uh, a Brooke Lopez type of a person, right, you're going to leave that interior open. It's just it's going to be a field Because you can't leave Brooke Lopez day. open for three. <clears throat> it's going to be a field But you can't leave the paint day. open either. You, that, that's why this Bucks team is as good as they were the entire season. Mm-hmm. Just They have all the pieces that it takes to, to obviously get through this first round and make a nice run in the playoffs. So, I mean, no chance whatsoever for the Pistons. I'll give them at least one game. I'll, I'll say it goes five, but the but, but the Milwaukee Bucks make it out of this series and move on. Going up next, the number two seed, the Toronto. I put some money on it. You gonna you put some money on it? Get a bag for my buck. <clears throat> How much are you going to put I'm down? I'm totally kidding. I just... <laughs> I didn't need this. The, the Monopoly. I thought Big Mike might appreciate that. <laughs> the Monopoly money. How much Monopoly money are you going to put down? I don't, did you get it? Oh, the bang, and the, bang, bang for the, for the I just got yeah. it now. Thank you. I just got it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go home. You take it's over. It's Friday. Take over. That's why it's I'm Dude, a Dude, it was slow so today. magical. <laughs> Good setup. Thank you. The number two seed Toronto Raptors going up against the number seven seed Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic who won the Southeast Division. And still end up as the number seven seed. Uh, that's how weak that division was. I didn't even know there were still divisions. They don't show, they don't show them as divisions <laughs> ever when they show the standings. <laughs> they don't. That's never exactly. That, when I looked at the when I looked at the Eastern Conference standings, like you know how it's it, it gives you the uh, the yeah. letter right, just based mm-hmm. on like if they clinched mm-hmm. the you know the conference or whatever or playoff spot. It said Y next to the Orlando yeah. Magic. I, I I scroll down. I'm like why? It says. Clinch division. I'm like, what? I was like, what the hell is <laughs> like, the Southeast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they indeed are the Southeast oh. Division champs in the Eastern Conference. And do we give them a shot against the Toronto Raptors? I mean, I think they have a, a be- I think they have a better shot of winning a few games more than the Detroit Pistons I mean, more, against the Bucks. More importantly, oh, d- I definitely would agree with that. But more importantly than the gameplay in this series, I want to see both teams wear their '90s jerseys. Oh, I want to see, see the battle of the pinstripes. Is what I want to see. <laughs> That'd be yeah, sick. Oh, I'm all, that's what the people want. I'll sign up for that. Yeah, that would get a lot more viewers on that one. But I do. I don't think Orlando's going to win this series per se. But I might give them maybe two games. I, I, mean, I think they would be six. a little pesky because Orlando, especially down the stretch as of late, is a really, really, really good three point shooting team. They've been draining as of late. I mean, yeah. Toronto has the best players on the floor, so that's why I think in the end they're gonna pull, they're gonna pull out with a Kawhi Leonard, a Ibaka, a Lowry, obviously a much improved um, player of the year, a player, most improved player of the year candidate in uh, Pavel Pascal Siakam. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's Van Fleet off the bench yeah, gives them yeah. a nice spark. Totally, um, Jeremy Lin. On their team as a backup point guard now. There's a decent signing for them. Marcus Sol, let's not Marcus forget about Marcus Sol. He's been yeah. a great addition at the trade deadline, a little head-scratcher. And we all looked but at it when, when that trade went down, and then uh, in that trade with Memphis, we're like, uh, yeah. Eh. Listen, it's, it's an interesting move, but look at how look well how deep fit they in. Are. They are very I mean, they're a really good defensive team, but they're not that quick, which is why I could see Orlando maybe getting a couple games. If they hit their threes like the way they've been doing, Toronto's more of a – we're going to play you from the outside in and work you inside kind of game because they have those bigs that can do that. Mm-hmm. And a Kawhi, who also can stretch, but they like to play through a Gasol, through an Ibaka, through a Siakam, and that's kind of the 18-foot game and in. Whereas Orlando can run up the floor and can hit threes almost at will, it seems, in this past month at least. So I think the, I think the poise of, of Toronto is going to prevail in this one. But I look for Orlando to be a little pesky. I mean, yeah. well, with Aaron Gordon, you know, them, him running down the middle of the court, it's going to open up the space a little bit. It's going to open up the floor. But I see Toronto just 
if this game, this series goes six, I, I can definitely see that. Like you said, Orlando could be a little pesky, a little quicker, just simply because Toronto plays with those bigs. So, I mean, but Kawhi Leonard in there. I just think if Orlando can get get find a game or two where they can control the pace like they want to, they could pull it out. But listen, I don't think they're going to be able to do that four times. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I, I can see Orlando winning a, a game in Toronto. Sure. I, I can see them winning one of the two games well, to let me, start off the series. Let me ask you this, then. If Orlando wins game one with Toronto's history in the playoffs, could that get in their heads a little bit? I, I know it's a different team mm-hmm. with Kawhi Leonard, but... Uh, Kyle Lowry's still there. I think having that guy like a Kawhi Leonard makes a difference because he's a guy who's kind of been around. Yeah, he's been around. He's won a title before. He knows that, you know, losing a a game is not the end of the world in the playoffs. You have to just make the adjustment and come back to work the next game. So I think that's a difference where having a guy like that, even like a soul who's been in deep playoff runs in his career. Okay. So, I mean, both of them have have had their backs against the walls, especially Kawhi Leonard. They're not going to be this. Oh, not again mentality because they weren't there. They haven't experienced that per se as much. All I'm saying is this. If they lose a game in Toronto, Drake will not be happy. No, he will not. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping they lose. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping they lose a game in Toronto. <laughs> um, so we both got this uh, series going six. Big Mike, wh- what about you? I- how do you see the series turning Toronto out? Toronto in six. Six? Yeah. Best player on the floor is Kawhi. Listen, like I said, I wouldn't be necessarily shocked if, 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 if Orlando pulls one out at, in Toronto yeah. early on. Uh, that one gets underway tomorrow. 5 p.m. And uh, go, just going back to the Milwaukee series, that one gets underway on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, but let's move on to the three versus the six, and this is where Jimmy Baccioni is going to have most of his attention on. <clears throat> the Philadelphia 76ers as the number three seed going up against the number six seed. One of the surprises in the NBA this season, the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, led by Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson. Uh, Kenny Atkinson, who very might well be um, coach of the year in the NBA if it wasn't for Mike Budenholzer, I think. Um, the the outstanding job that he has done in Brooklyn in turning this team around. I mean, they were they were 10 games under 500 to start the season at some point, and then they, the, just the turn of events over there in Brooklyn. Do we give them any shot in this series? I believe, yeah. I believe they deserve a shot. I, I believe they have a shot. I think I could see this one going seven. I'll be honest with you. I could see this one going seven, and I would not be shocked at all if the Brooklyn Nets come out on top in this series. Renee, you read my mind. I, I do that sometimes. Brooklyn in seven. I'm going with it. I was thinking about it all morning. I wasn't gonna do it. I was gonna say six Sixers and six. I, I just I didn't want to seem like a homer. You have but a reason not, to be a homer, being bro. A homer, though. I, I, I legitimately think that the Brooklyn Nets can win this game in seven series in seven games. I but think, if they win a game in seven games, that's <laughs> they win good. a game in seven games, seven OTs. <laughs> but um, or how many games would need to? How many OTs would need to be seven games? Too many. <laughs> Fourteen overtime, <laughs> at least. But, I mean, I know there's news out there right now about is um, Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid going to play game one? He says, oh, I have no idea. Whatever. I don't care if he does or not. I think Kenny Atkinson, if he doesn't, then I think, it, you know, it obviously helps benefits the Nets more, of course. But even if he does, I'm going I'm to assume that he's going to play. Yeah. I'm going to assume he's going to play. So if he does play, Kenny Atkinson does a great job of targeting and neutralizing the other team's best scorer. So he'll double them. He'll keep them on the perimeter. He won't allow Joel Embiid inside. If that means opening up more space for Tobias Harris, opening up a little more space for a Redick or someone like that, 
that's what their Nets are going to live with. And if that becomes a three-point shooting game or, or you know an outside quick pace game, the Nets can play that game. And the Nets can thrive in that game. The Nets shoot threes as good as any team in the league. And if they can shut down that that Joel Embiid, I think this series for the Sixers needs to be focused for them is to get Joel Embiid scoring on the inside and get him at will. Because Jared Allen isn't the best interior defender. Yeah, he can block, but he does that more on like on, on cuts and on drives. He's not really a guy who's going to body up a big center. He hasn't really shown that yet because he's not really a big size guy yet in terms of his physicality. But So I think Atkinson's going to Focus the game plan on keeping Joel Embiid outside, keeping two guys on him at all times, leaving a little more room for Tobias, leaving a little more room for Jimmy Butler. And if they beat us, we just have to, we're gonna have to live with it because you know we have the one on guy, one on one matchups, which work out okay. But if that becomes a three point shooting game, guess what? The Nets can play a three point shooting game. So that's why I give him a chance. I think I think Atkinson's gonna come up with a great scheme on Embiid and limit him in this entire series and frustrate him. And the Nets can keep playing a game. And we've beat the Sixers before playing that game this season where it's a three-point back and back and back and back. The game where we can't win is an interior game where if they're pounding us, taking clock, and getting the buckets inside. We can't keep up with that. That's when the Nets start going down. That's when they go out of their offense. They start trucking the ball, getting out of rhythm. If it's in rhythm, three-point shots. To, they're trying to come yep. back in that game. They're trying to fight yep. back and just taking that's when, that's when their young team comes out in yeah. them. But if they, get to, if, if they want to do a back-and-forth quick game with quick threes, five seconds, ten seconds or less on the shot clock, they love that game, and I love that game too I mean, for them. We we've seen the Nets, you know, do that, especially recently. I mean, just look at the game against the Kings where I they mean, were down twenty. Our transition points. defense is so great. Yeah. When we come back and we get steals better in transition, when it's not stagnant, when the game is running, we have such a young team and, and a, like a high energy kind of group of guys where we thrive, and they could do it. Listen. The Philadelphia 76ers, as we all know, it's not only Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, like you said, J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, th- those are some of the acquisitions uh, that they've had. But I-, I-, I like this Brooklyn team. I just I just like the way the style that they play. I like what Kenny Atkinson has done. I can't say I can't say that enough. I really can't. I've said it literally for the last like month and a half, maybe two months. What Kenny Atkinson has done for this team, D'Angelo Russell has been a stud. He's been a revelation for this team. Uh, the fact that they got Karis Levert back uh, at the time and that he's they also did. balling like the way he did yeah. before he got hurt the last exactly. couple weeks. I mean, last two weeks really. This series, I say go seven. But I can see the Sixers pulling it out. No, I, I mean, you know, it's just I think based on just their playoff experience already that they have under their belt with the Joel Embiid, with you know, with the JJ Redick being there, Tobias Harris, you know, he can he can add something to this team as well. Jimmy Butler can add something to this team as well going down the stretch. It's a lot of mouths to feed, though. It is. It is. I mean, it's worked out. It, it, it's worked out a little bit. They lost four in a row. But was Joel Embiid, you know, playing? I mean, that's a, that's a difference, I think. I think that's the big thing here. Will Joel Embiid play? If Joel Embiid doesn't play, I'm not saying the the, the, the needle goes and moves over well, to the if Nets. If Dolan B does doesn't play, then the, like I said it about Kenny, Atkin- li- like I said about Atkinson neutralizing Embiid, that attention is just going to be focused on Simmons. So he's not going to be able to drive or shoot or and, do and anything. Listen, and that's listen, that's and how we, they're going to do it. And or listen, on Butler, it's going to be one. They're going to take out one of the players and force someone else to beat you, and then that becomes a perimeter game. I want to, that's why I said I want Embiid to play because I think when they neutralize Embiid, that works out better for the Nets. And I mean, hey, listen, now that you brought up Ben Simmons. We all know Ben Simmons doesn't do anything on the outside. No. So I mean, if you if you can somehow keep Ben Simmons from penetrating, uh, Jared, Allen could, Jared Allen could block a Ben Simmons. 
just kind of keeping spied out on the yeah. paint a little bit. If you could keep ben, if you could keep Ben Simmons out of the paint, and you could keep him on the outside, going for that outside shot. Chances are you're going to be able to neutralize him. I think that's their best bet. I mean, I could see the Nets putting Matt, Matt, putting Jared Dudley on and beat a lot this with a, with a, obviously with a lot of help. And I mean, Jared but, Dudley has played the five. Oh, he's a huge body. He's not going to get pushed back. Yeah. I mean, he's played great minutes down the stretch these final two weeks. He's really uh, playing the best basketball he has all year, probably in the last couple of years. Honestly, he's been a huge piece of this cha- of this playoff run. You were going to say championship run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. It starts tomorrow. <laughs> I, I saw him stumble in a playoff run. Um, it's a championship run, damn it. <laughs> but <laughs> not a championship run. I no, mean, they're I going. Mean, it hasn't hey, started yet. They're going for it. <laughs> hey, listen, they're going for it. Listen, this one goes seven. I'm going to go with the Sixers, but. No respect. But. <laughs> you put respect on his name. The Don would not be happy with my decision. <laughs> but. Believe me when I say it, I will not be shocked if the Nets pull this one off, whatsoever. That's just how that's just how I'm gonna put it. Sixers and seven, but damn it, I will not be shocked. I will not. Anything to add? I, I'm with you. I've got the Sixers and seven. Wouldn't shock me if Brooklyn won. No respect. <laughs> no, I, I think this. Is, I think in the East, this is the toughest series. Because I, I was listening to talk radio on my way in, and, and I was hearing them saying that. Were they, they saying words? They were saying words. A lot of words, bro. You wouldn't even believe it. Bro. But, but they were saying in the Eastern Conference, they don't see any upsets. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, what do you mean? The Nets have played the Sixers well the entire year. They really have. They matched up pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't get how people don't see an upset-minded Brooklyn going into Philly and saying, you know what? This is our series. We're taking this from you. I don't get it. I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm putting the sixes and seven, but, geez, people, don't fall asleep on the Nets, man. Yeah. You really can't. Of the top three, who has the most pressure to get out? Milwaukee. 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 Okay. No just simply because of the season that they had. Yeah. Okay. I mean, another thing just to look for in this Nets series quickly is, or just a big key for the Nets, I think, is that Jared Allen and Ed Davis are two bigs, have to stay out of foul trouble. I've seen in times in the past when they play against bigger men, sometimes they go they, when they match up or if the guy gets beat and it comes up to them to be that second line of defense, they'll both, they're both notorious to the foul. And when Jared Allen has five fouls, Jed Davis has five fouls, I've seen them both foul out before and it's not pretty. The Nets have to go very small. They usually end up putting Hollis Jefferson at the five. That's not the situation I want to be in. So they have to be very conservative on the defensive end, Allen and Davis to stay out of foul trouble. That's why I want it to be a perimeter game. Let me ask you a question. So if, uh, let's say Joel Embiid does play. Then we lose the rebound. We lose the glass, and then it's over. Let's say Joel Embiid does play, right? And and you brought brought up the foul trouble issue with Jared Allen and Ed Davis, right? Knowing how Joel Embiid plays, do you think there's any way Jared Allen can stay out out of foul trouble? Because he does play so physical. I think they're going to double Embiid in the outside. I don't think they're going to try. I don't think they're going to let him inside. I think they're going to put a Dudley on him, a big body, and probably a lot of ton of help with a quick Rodion Kuruk who can slide over, go back, slide over, go back Mm -hmm. because he's a really great defender and he's really good lateral movement and young, so he can do that for an extended period of time. So I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to try and frustrate Embiid that way. Embiid's just going to end up forcing some threes to try to get himself into the game. And that's not his game. And Kenny's really great at taking away what these superstars do best. So that's where I think he's going to get his rebounds on the defensive end, of course. Yeah. But I think I just don't think he's going to be a guy on the offense who's going to take over the way he normally does because that's a specialty of Atkinson. This series gets underway tomorrow, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN. That's actually the first game of the playoffs tomorrow. Um, 
everybody, everybody's going to be in tune to that one, man. I'm going to be watching it. Even if it's on my phone, I'm going to be watching that because, I mean, that's just how important this series is. Moving on, we have the four against the five in the Eastern Conference. The Boston Celtics going up against the Indiana Pacers in the 4-5 matchup. This would be such a better series if Victor Oladipo was healthy. Absolutely. I believe so. I think that I, I think Oladipo being there would make it more I think that of a would change my mind. Yeah, honestly, that's where I was. That's yeah. where I was leaning with that comment. If Oladipo was there, I'd give the Pacers much more of a chance mm. than than without him. Um, that being said, I guess we're all leaning the Celtics here. But let uh, you know what and, and how many games? Five, Celtics six, and five. Seven. Celtics and five. Jimmy, I'm going in six. I think by the game six, they start to figure out. I think, you know, the Celtics team is such a Jekyll and Hyde team all season. I mean, there's sometimes it's smooth sailing. It's jazz. And sometimes it's you don't know what you're gonna it, get. It, there's, there's sand in the engine. I and mean, it's it's like there's sand in the engine. you never know what you're going to get with them. But they have all that potential there to be this dynamic clicking team. I don't think Kyrie Irving honestly fits on this Celtics team. What did they do last year when they didn't when have they him? Didn't, they uh, went to the Eastern Conference Finals, Finals and came within a game of beating LeBron James and going to the championship. This is a team that... And that team was fun to this, watch. Yeah, I mean, they're a team who is fun to watch when they are clicking. And Al Horford, Marcus Smart, you know, and Gordon he's Hayward. He's and, and he's no, he's back. No, he's out again with an oblique. I thought he was back. No, no, no he's going to be down for a little gonna bit. He's going to be down. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, regardless, regardless. <laughs> you still got a Jalen Brown, Jalen a Jason Brown. Tatum. Oh, I mean, these are guys where the ball flows through the offense. It's yes. almost as like if it's just like a college offense in a way, where the, you, it is. it's open I, shooters. I, and yeah. when, you add, when, you, when you add a Kyrie in there, Slows Kyrie's down. a ball stopper. He's, he's a, a ball dominant player. Can Kyrie take over this game? Well, you know what? You don't really need Kyrie to take over the game in order right. to be a good team. But when you have him in there, there's no way he's going to acclimate to being that passer guy doing extra passes because he wants the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like two, two uh, one player who you're, who's your superstar, can he win us this game, and your team who, hey, if you didn't have this guy, could probably do it by themselves. Yeah. So it's, it's just when you combine the two together – it doesn't work. It, it sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. Right. And that's just, it's really interesting. It's really weird how they have so much firepower, but when Kyrie, their best player, is playing, and they can't seem to make it work. Yeah. I think he's going to be definitely somebody to watch for in this series because, like you said, he is a ball stopper. The, the offense does slow down when, when, you know, when, when he's the one bringing, up, bringing the ball up the court. Um, but I see the Celtics taking this one in five. Um, I mean, they but just... That, but they, that, no, go. They also just went into Indiana and stomped the Pacers, too. But I think it was the, a week ago. That's the interesting thing, though. Can Kyrie Irving in this playoff, because we, we all saw it last year and how fun this team was to watch. Can Kyrie Irving be that X factor on this team, but also not be the person that actually hurts the team moving forward? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. He needs to be a better teammate <laughs> not even just a better teammate but less ball dominant yeah which is i'm guessing very hard for him to do anyways because he's such a ball stopper but can he be the can he be the that x factor that gets him over the hump instead of being the person that actually keeps them would you from th- reaching their potential because jimmy brought it up what they did last year do you think that maybe makes him feel okay? Maybe I'm the missing piece to. And hey, also they did it without Gordon team. Hayward as well. Yes. Good. Let's th- not forget that. Yeah. And Gordon Hayward down the stretch has been a pretty big piece. Pretty of good. The, yeah. Pretty good piece of this team. Can he also 
be relied on and be an X factor on, uh, going forward for the Celtics team in the playoffs. I mean, he's definitely going to help them out in this game, in this series against the Pacers. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, how important is he going to be to that team? Yeah, I, they're both going to be massive because they're the faces of the franchise for at least the playoffs because you don't know what's happening with Kyrie. So to me, Celtics in five. Yep. Six. Not bad. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to our first break. When we come back, moving on to the Western Conference. Good one. And those matchups are going to be outstanding. We'll touch that when we come back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chalk Talk. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Chalk Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back. We broke down the Eastern Conference of the NBA playoffs. Now we're moving on to the Western Conference. Um, let's let's start off with the number one seed in the Western Conference, the two-time defending NBA no, no, no. champion. Say it right. The reigning, the reigning, defending, defending undisputed. You want to say it? Go ahead. No, I Go don't. Ahead. The reigning, I'm defending, defending, undisputed, undisputed NBA, NBA champions, champions of the, the world. world. The gold is of the world. Yeah, no, and like the world, like we're the champions of the world. No. Like you're not. No. Like you're the champions of like the North American States. baseball. <laughs> like if you win the World Cup, all right, yeah, you're the champions yeah, of the, the world. world. But uh, anyway, I digress. Fun killer. Fun. The reigning defendant, undisputed champions of North America, the Golden State Warriors, going up against the number eight seed North America. and Canada. <laughs> oh, North America, yeah, yeah, <laughs> North America and Canada, bro. Canada is in North America. Bro. Yes, it is. Last time I checked, <laughs> I could I could double check, but <laughs> that's like when people once say they pass something in the last eight seconds. That's like when people say like Puerto Rico's a state. It's like not a state, no, not a state, yeah, not really, not no. It's a territory. Least, it's a territory. With that being said, the I'm war- good at geography. I swear. I hope so. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Where's Golden State? <laughs> oh, man, I don't even know. San Jose. Yeah, good point. That's where the Oracle is. It's in San Jose. Yeah. Oakland. Though it's in Oakland. Oh, yeah, it's moving to San Jose. Yeah. Or San Francisco. I thought it was in San Francisco. Anyways, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, with that being said, the eighth seed, the Los Angeles Clippers. Lakers? Oh, it's not the Lakers? It's not the Lakers. Oh. It's not LeBron James. LeBron James is not in the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. In case you guys missed it, the Lakers did not make the playoffs this season. Magic Johnson resigned as team president, and LeBron James' final streak of eight in a row is done. But it's the Clippers in the playoffs instead. Doc Rivers and them boys, the run that they went on this season in the Western Conference. Give Doc all the credit in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. He should definitely get consideration for Coach of the Year as well. He definitely should. But it's the Golden State Warriors against the Los Angeles Clippers. Guys, do we give the Clippers any shot whatsoever to win and upset the Golden State Warriors as the number one seed? Or do we just see them being as competitive and pushing this as far as they can? I mean, I guess maybe I can see them being a little bit competitive, kind of forcing the Warriors to work a little bit, but... To come out and win a game, that's a pretty tall order. I mean, they played them two games ago. They lost by 29, or it was roughly 29. I did the math real quick, but it wasn't close. So, I mean, yeah, this, in a move, it looks like they're going to be tanking. And all of a sudden, you look at the store, the standings, and they're, you know, more than 10 games over 500. So, good story, 
they're not going to beat the Warriors. There's no way. How many games do you see them winning at least? Zero. Oh, you see them getting swept. Yeah. Big Mike, do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, they're getting swept. Sorry. I disagree. They get a game? They got a game. It won't be in Oakland. That's for sure. It'll, it, it'll be at the Staples Center. They'll win one to stave off the, the sweep elimination. But Nari going off scoring somewhere from 35 to 40. A Patrick Beverly somewhere scoring 20 with 11 assists. I mean, I mean a Lou Williams Be- scoring 30 plus. I mean, yeah, all these things can happen, but how much more likely is it that Steph Curry is going to get 30 and 10? And, no, for or how sure. Much, that Kevin Durant's going to get 40. That, you know, it's just and, so and many then more. And they can pound Boogie Cousins. Yeah, I mean, it's back to the Clippers. The Warriors are just a great team. But we have seen the Warriors, even with that squad, lose games and lose games big. I'm not saying they're gonna. that's going to happen. But like you said, you would need a Lou Williams to go off. You would need a Patrick Beverly to go off. You would need a Danilo Gallinari. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen that happen. Patrick Beverly could be a pest. He could definitely be a pest. Lou Williams can go off for 25 points, 30 points in a game. Yeah, but so can Steph Curry and Clay no, Thompson. But I know, but I understand that. I understand that. But I, I, I see the Clippers at least pulling one off. You dream, General. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes they're nightmares. Okay. Night terrors. <laughs> we Night. are a Knicks fan. Damn! <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. See, he's done two today at you. He has. Yeah. But you've done like six the entire oh, week. Oh yeah. Uh, of Knicks course. jokes are not even mean anymore. They're just stating the truth. Let's get it real. It's true. You're not wrong, but you know. You know what? Sixers sweep the Nets. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> I'm watching playoff basketball. We're all going to be. Yeah, we're all watching it. <laughs> we are. Whatever all. helps you sleep at night. Nah. <laughs> definitely not the Yankees injury news. That, does, that definitely does not help me sleep at night. And I just, just seeing how bad they play. Oh, but, I meant the drink. No, nah, he was talking about the team. I, know. Sure. I meant the drink. <laughs> With that being said, let's move on because, uh, yeah, the yeah. One, they played well all year long. But who really had the Denver Nuggets as the number two seed in the Western Conference? Battling it out for the number one seed. But they're going up against the number seven seed. That's led by Greg Popovich. And I'm talking about the San Antonio Spurs. Nuggets, Spurs in the 2v7 matchup. Boys, gentlemen, how to routine. Yeah, it'd be a pretty big upset. Do we see that happening? It is Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs after all. I want to say yes, I do. This one goes seven. It's tough. This one goes seven. To me, this one goes seven. Does that have to do with the inexperience of the Nuggets? Yes. Yes. Entirely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And the experience of coaching the of Greg Popovich and of a DeMar DeRozan who's been there and mm-hmm. of a Marcus Aldridge who's Marcus been Aldridge, there. Yeah. And, you know, the Spurs have been an incredible home team, especially in the last month. Uh, they, I know they finished at seven, but they've had a pretty solid season. I mean, oh, yeah. it's it's... I like the obviously I like I love what the Nuggets have done all year. They're a playoff series, sorry, not a game. I, I, I would be disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a playoff series. I just don't think that they're, they're well. Their speed has outrun the Nuggets. I mean, I think their pace of play they're like somewhere like twenty sixth or twenty fifth. They're in not the, the fastest league. team. No, they're, they're not, not at all. They rely a lot on the half court game. Where yeah, they can control that and slow it down in a playoff game to play with the game they want to play. They're gonna win, but. With these experienced coaches like a Popovich, I'm not sure he's going to let them dominate their kind of gameplay. I think, you know, he knows how to dictate gameplay. Because, I mean, that's what we've seen Greg Popovich do for so long. That's why he's got so many titles under his name. It's, it's, it's tough for me to say that the Nuggets are going to lose based on the great season they've had. 
But there's someone who's going to do it to him. I think it's going to be Popovich and the Spurs. Mm-hmm. I think just give me him in seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one I could see definitely going seven. I mean, just the experience that 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 Greg Popovich brings along when it comes to playoff basketball. And I get it. It was done with uh, with Tim Duncan, with Tony uh, Parker, with Manu Ginobili. But you know what? What he's done to to get past that era of basketball there with the, with that big three to move on to Lamarcus Aldridge, to uh, Demar Derozan. You have a Patty Mills. You have a Rudy Gay on that team who also has experience in the playoffs. Um, I can definitely see this Spurs team pulling off this series. And listen, not taking anything away from the Nuggets, they had a stupendous year. I mean, experience when it comes to playoff basketball. Jamal Murray has no experience in playoff basketball. Um, uh, Jokic has no experience when it comes to playoff basketball. I mean, yeah, he's a stud. He's a hell of a player. He is. I'm not taking anything away from him. But, but. No, keep going. I, just, uh, I just saw a great stat. Oh, uh, okay. No, no, go. bring out the stat. A uh, great stat in this series to look at is the Spurs have allowed, the Spurs allow opponents to shoot the second fewest free throws per 100 possessions. The Nuggets shoot the fourth fewest free throws per 100 possessions. And earlier this season, the Nuggets, in a game with the Spurs and the Nuggets, the Nuggets shot just four free throws in the game, which was the lowest total free throws by any team in the league this entire season. That says to me that... If the Spurs get off and running and get up a big score, the Nuggets aren't going to be able to stop the clock and take points off the board. Mm-hmm. That's huge. The Spurs are going to dictate the whole game, and that entire Nuggets of what they want to do, control the clock, get in the paint, goes out the window because you got to start shooting threes at that point to keep up. And hey, can they win in that type of environment, in that type of game? Because they're not going to be able to get to the line and, get, and take off points that way. And, and that's hey, massive. If you, when you're in a funk, when you're in a shooting funk, they don't draw because yeah. they shoot. Mm-hmm. And the Nuggets have been sort of reeling here towards the end of the season. They... they um, they compiled a 34 and seven record at home, um, which is good. But they dropped four of their last seven games, so they, so so they're sort of you know up against the wall a little bit here. Mm-hmm. They barely and got that second seed. Uh, they had to win their last home game with their last game of the season, and they were down double digits going into the in, into the fourth quarter, against or Minnesota. in the fourth quarter against Minnesota. They were down double digits late in the game. They they stormed back and got that second seed, but. You know, being that you're, you're you're sort of reeling here a little bit, you're trying to, you know, grasp at straws here just to pull yourself up, and you're going up against a Spurs team that has that type of experience, it's going to be extremely tough. And like you said, that's that. When it comes to free throws, that's huge. Huge. Extraordinarily huge. Spurs in seven. Mm-hmm. Big Mike. Spurs in seven. I love DeRozan. Aldridge. Oh, on that one. Yeah, Aldridge down low. Patty Mills from three. And realistically, I'm just saying it because of the one thing I really want. The in-between quarters conversation between whoever's doing the game and Greg Popovich. <laughs> it's all I want. It's all I need for the Spurs. So you're on Pop Watch. Oh, of course I am. Pop Watch. like what I did there, right? Yeah. Pop Watch, not bad. Moving on, I guess, right? We, we all have yeah, the we all have in it. seven. Wow. Moving on. The number three going up against the number six seed. And another upset uh, that I have here. We have the number three seed Portland Trailblazers going up against the number six seed Oklahoma City Thunder. Russell Westbrook and them boys going up against C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, and them boys. (laughs) Everyone's them boys. Everybody's (laughs) them boys, man. Everybody's them boys. We them boys. (laughs) We are them boys. Fellas, OKC upset or no? Yeah. Give me OKC in this one. 
Uh, again, Portland, good season, but against the Nets a couple weeks ago when I saw uh, Nursev Yurkic yeah, go down, yeah. I saw I, with that injury, I saw the, any chance Portland had of making a run at the championship go out the window with him. Uh, I, I think they relied heavily on his rebounding, on his interior game to kind of complement that McCollum-Lillard combination. That was kind of the big center they needed to add to that amazing backcourt. And without him... Uh, yeah, Ennis Kanter's all right. He's not gonna guy who's gonna be able to do it for the entire game. Steven Adams is just gonna abuse him. Steven Adams is better. And Russell Westbrook, I think this is finally the time where he silences that narrative of I've, of he's just a stat filler and not a a playoff a, a playoff winner. winner. I think this is a big series to do it in. They're clearly the the. I mean, they're not the favorite going in. Obviously, it would be an upset. Uh, okay, C's kind of had a little bit of a tough stretch the last couple weeks to end their season. But God, give me give me Steven Adams, Russell Russell Westbrook, and a Paul George in a series, and I'm gonna like the odds that team has to win. I think they control the pace of the games. I think they can dictate the tempo, and I think they just end up scoring more than Portland does. I think that's what it comes down to. I don't think there's much. I don't think this becomes a defensive series. I think it's just OKC puts up more points on the board. I think they average somewhere in the 120s in this series, honestly. Um, that Nurkic injury obviously definitely hurts them. And like you said, Ennis Cantor, he's a good piece inside. He's a good piece at center. But Steven Adams is just going to totally abuse him in this one. Um, I can see C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard both dropping 20, 25 points, even 30 points. I don't think it's I, enough. It's together, but like, yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's enough. Paul George has been shooting lights out this entire season. Yeah, he's been sort of on, uh, on the downside of it in the second half of the season. But Russell Westbrook stepped it up, which is huge. And we saw that game against the Houston Rockets. I, I don't know if you guys were watching it uh, earlier this uh, this week. I believe the momentum. What what a way to come back in that game. You're down 15. You go on a uh, I believe it was a 17-0 run to take the lead, and then you come out as victors in that one. Just that momentum going into this playoff series is going to be huge. I have OKC winning this series in six. Big Mike. I'm the odd man out. You got the Blazers? I'm taking the Blazers. I love Damian Lillard. I love CJ McCollum. But is that really going to be enough? Because you got to really rely on those two guys. You got to rely on them. But I trust their defense more than I trust the OKC defense. So if they need a stop, I think they can get one. I don't think this is necessarily going to be them in six. I think it's them in seven. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is home court. I really do. I think that's. I know OKC can win on the road. They've done it before in Portland this year. There's just something about Portland that I really just like the making of that team, even without Nurkic. It's a well. I mean, they have team. good shooters who can come off the bench and hit buckets, like yeah. a Seth uh, Seth Curry or a mm-hmm. Mo Arkless. They're definitely a deep team. Portland's that, a deep team. That's something. There's else no doubt about it. For them. But I just think the speed of OKC is going to prove to be too quick for them in, in a series. I think that's. I think I'm Dennis, gonna... Dennis Schroeder. Ru- I mean Russell. Yeah. You know Ru- Russell Westbrook. Speed wise, Paul George can shoot it from anywhere. I mean even he they're even forward like Jeremy Grant can give yeah. you good minutes and get Absolutely. on the floor. I mean, it's... I'll grant you that. Thank good you. job. Good job. <laughs> I'll give you that one. All right, moving on to the final. So I th- what did I, did I give my estimate? I think you said OKC, OKC in, in seven. In seven, yeah. yeah. So I have OKC in six. He, uh, Jimmy Baccioni has him in seven. Big Mike has the Blazers, but in seven in mm-hmm. seven games. Not not meaning that the Oklahoma City Thunder can't really pull this one off, but just that he trusts the Blazers a little bit more than he does. In the Dame, Blazers. I trust. I see what you did there. 
Moving on to the final matchup in the Western Conference uh, first round of the playoffs. The number four seed going, to go, going up against the number five seed, the Houston Rockets going up against the, the Utah Jazz. This is going to be a hell of a matchup. This is fun. Who do we see going in this one? James Baccioni. Yeah, on. this is going to be a fun one. This should be a high-scoring series, I expect. A lot of offense, a lot of threes, a lot of quick-paced basketball, maybe some OT thrillers, honestly. A lot of dunks. But, yeah, it should be a good amount of dunks. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of rising talent in this game, a lot of already there talent. You know, Utah's a pretty good team. Donovan Mitchell is going to have another chance to showcase what he did in last year's playoffs, which was incredible. It captivated the nation for a little bit. It's just that they, they ran into a juggernaut in the yeah, Houston Rockets. Of course. James Harden, though. James Harden has been the man all season. The man can score as many buckets for two players. He can score as enough for three starting players sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's no telling in a game where, where, where James Harden isn't going to put up 50 to 70 points because he can do it so easily, and he has. I mean, Add that with a Chris Paul and improved Clint Capella. I, I, I like the Utah Jazz. I think they're a fast, young team. I see. I don't think they can get by a Houston. I think they could have gotten by maybe a couple other teams in this division. Not Houston. They don't match up enough against Houston because Utah's a nice shooting team. I think they got. I, I think they could have gotten past the Nuggets. I could have seen that with a Gobert. Yeah. To match up against against No, Jokic. Jokic. I was. I always get confused. Ridiculous. It's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna take in this one. I'm gonna go Houston in. I'm gonna go Houston in five. Yeah, maybe a little disrespectful. Hello, but I think I, I think I Houston. I think I think James Harden just is on a mission. He Chris Paul's on a mission, and it's it proves to be too much. I think I I got Houston in this one. No disrespect to the Utah Jazz. Uh, I got Houston in six. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to play out of his mind. I, believe me, Rudy Gobert is going to play very very well. As uh, Joe Ingles is going to be be a big part. Joe Ingles in, in, in this in this um. In this playoff series, I mean, listen, he gets gritty sometimes. No, he's oh, he, gets. he gets gritty. He, he gets does. gritty. But I trust Wait, James. Wait, he Har gets to be the Flyers mascot. <laughs> I trust James Harden a little bit more. Chris Paul has something to prove after you know coming out hobbled in the in some of the final uh, in some of the uh, previous playoffs uh, last year. Who knows what could have happened? We had the Houston Rockets against the Warriors. If if Chris Paul wasn't hurt, who knows what, how different that could have been? But. Chris Paul and James Harden are going to be are going to be the big differences in this in this playoff series. Give me the Houston Rockets in six against the Utah Jazz and click click Capella against Rudy Gobert. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch, man. Oh, it's a heavyweight battle. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, dunks galore, dunks galore in this series. Big Mike, give me the Utah Jazz in seven. Wow, in seven. Love Donovan Mitchell. Love Joe Ingles. Love Gobert. But you forget about Ricky Rubio. And I think Ricky no, Rubio... Yeah, there's a reason, there's <laughs> a reason why we forget I think, about him. I think Ricky Rubio can handle Chris Paul fairly well. And I trust Quinn... That didn't work last year. <laughs> and I trust Quinn Snyder more than I trust Mike D'Antoni in a big spot. So I'm going to go with the Jazz and You're seven. just not a fan of Mike D'Antoni. Should I be? Let's just put it that way. You're just not a fan of him. Should I be? You think nah, Ricky Rubio can control Chris Paul? There is no way For seven hell, games? No way in hell, dude. No, I, I think at some point Chris Paul might control Chris Paul too, meaning he may get do something to himself. But might get in his own way. Yeah, I he's don't know. never done that before. I don't know, bro. 
The only way I see this series turning out the way you say it is if Chris Paul gets hurt again. If James Harden gets abducted tomorrow night by now. <laughs> it's Utah. So it's not my plan at all. <laughs> Stranger things have happened in Utah, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been there. I've never been. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Geez. So you have Houston in five. I got Houston in six, and you have the Jazz in seven. So that would mean we'd have matchups of the Golden State Warriors against the Houston Rockets in the in the in the next round in the upcoming round, and we would have the OKC Thunder against the San Antonio Spurs. Unless you're Big Mike, who would have the Portland Trailblazers going up against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, fun, fun matchups. Yeah. Um, no matter which way they turn out in the Western Conference, whatsoever. Um, but moving forward, who do you have in the Western Conference Come uh, playing in the Western Conference Finals is what I meant to say. Are you confident in saying the Golden State Warriors are going to be there? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the other team. I'm going <laughs> to say I'm going to go with the Warriors and the that Rockets is. again. It's going to have to be the, go- the Warriors and the Rockets. Is that possible? Well, no, no that would be no, round that two. Yeah, see, I don't have this in front of me right now. No, really I'm looking pre- at it right now. I wasn't really prepared for this part of the segment. No, but. no, no. I'm looking at it right now. So it <laughs> oh, would, well, that helps you. <laughs> it would be. No, I, I just said it before. I just said the oh, matches were going I'm freaking like a. <laughs> it's Friday. Tape recorder in my head. It's like. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it would be uh, Warriors-Rockets in the next round. And, uh, for, well, for Thunder us at Spurs. least. Thunder Spurs. That sounds pretty badass. Thunder Spurs. But, uh, and then, like you said, you would have the, the Warriors and the, the Western Warriors Conference. the Warriors and the Thunder. That'd be a fun, fun Western Conference final. Big Mike. Warriors Blazers. I go Warriors Spurs. Oh, that'd be fun. In the too. Western Conference finals. Man, ima- it's not going to happen, but imagine if the Spurs made that run to the finals and they wind up playing Toronto and it's Kawhi <laughs> against. Pa- oh, my God. And DeMar playing against his best friend. DeMar against (laughs) his best friend. Don't worry, buddy. I'll miss this shot for you. So in the Eastern Conference, we'd have the Milwaukee Bucks going up against the Boston Celtics in the next round. And uh, for Jimmy, it would be the Nets going up against the Toronto Raptors. And then in the upcoming round for us, it would be the Sixers and the Raptors. Um, Who do you have facing off in the Eastern Conference Finals? James Baccioni. Raptors, Celtics. You don't think the Bucks do it? Wow. I think the Celtics something clicks when that team can click. If they can find, they can find it. They they're, can the be team, they're the best team. the best team in the East. If they can click, they're very dangerous. Big Mike. I'm with Jimmy. The Bucks stops there. Celtics Raptors. <laughs> I'll go Bucks Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know. There's just something about this. What this Milwaukee team has done the entire year. I think that's going to be fun to watch. NBA Finals. You want to go that far? Or Might as well, we're here. Might as well. <laughs> Might as well, we're here. <laughs> NBA Finals. Golden State Warriors. Of course. In the fi- Big Mike, you agree with that as well? Golden yeah, State Warriors. Warriors. Golden State against who? James Baccioni. Give me, give me the Raptors. Yeah. I think they're a sound team. I like everything they do on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball. I think they have a great combination of guards. Bench, uh, bench guard play. They're deep. And forwards. And, and they could play a shooting game and they could play an inside game. They really can control any pace of play. And I think they can give the Warriors a decent run for their money. Big Mike. Warriors Celtics. I think the Celtics finally get over that hump. I, I think they find a way. 
Jimmy said it before. If they click, they're the if best they team in the East. That's why I gave them one round, but I'm not confident they're going to click enough. I'm not sure they're going to, but I, if they do. I'm going Warriors-Raptors as well. Warriors-Raptors in the NBA final. Um, Toronto's, just, uh, Toronto's a deep team, but so are the Warriors. <laughs> I mean, let's just put it that way. Um, that would be a hell of a matchup, though. Mm-hmm. Offensive, offensive power is what that would ma- oh, that yeah. matchup would be. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, that's our breakdown of the NBA playoffs, which begin this weekend. Uh, obviously, James Baccioni will be super glued to the TV when it comes to the Nets and the 76ers tomorrow, 2.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he'll be watching every single matchup, obviously. Uh, so will we. But um, the NBA Finals, the NHL playoffs – Baseball season. What a time oh, to be alive. Time. Yeah, absolutely. Baseball season in full swing at this point. NFL draft. Even a though I hate the weather away. outside right now. I love this weather. It's going to be no, nice. No, it's, it's going to be nasty nice tomorrow. out today. It's what do you like, mean it's nasty out? It's like that, like, it's going to rain later, so it's, like, humid, and it's, like, 60, but then it's 57, and then it's 62, and it's like, oh, wear a sweatshirt. Oh, now I'm hot. Take your sweatshirt off. Like, oh, well, now I'm cold. Like, just make that's, up your freaking mind. Like, that's spring, bro. Oh, it drives me crazy. Like, just let me wear shorts and be comfortable or wear pants and be comfortable. I don't need to feel, like, fluctuating temperatures every four minutes. Dude, right? we're, we're getting there. We're getting to shorts weather. Hey, listen, it's cold up here. It's, it's hot down there. You know, wear your shorts and wear your sweatshirt. I'm like, you know, it's cold. Like, so I put a sweatshirt on, then I'm like, I get outside. I'm like, oh, it's a little warm. I take it off. I'm like, well, now I'm cold again. Then you put it. It's it's a never-ending cycle. Sounds like a personal issue. Yeah, it does. It really does. With that being said, I want to live in like winter. (laughs) Winter. At least I know what I'm getting. (laughs) Why not just say live in the summer? Well, what are you gonna wear outside today? A big jacket. Okay, there we go. A big jacket. (laughs) Just live in the summer. What are you gonna wear? Shorts. Yeah, I like jeans better, but. To be honest, I don't think I've ever seen you in shorts. I don't think so. No, I wear shorts. I just like jeans better. Uh, whatever. With that being said, ladies and if gentlemen. I can wear jeans. I wear, I'll wear jeans. If it's like no, 70s, I, I hate, like, I'll I wear wearing, jeans. I hate wearing jeans. I'll be honest with you. I hate wearing jeans. Um, with that being said. <laughs> just a child. I am. <laughs> just a child. I'd rather wear basketball shorts. That's it. Oh, I mean, if I'm at home, I'm wearing basketball no, shorts. No, even <laughs> if I'm outside, bro, I'm wearing basketball shorts. If I'm, like, doing something, like, Forget active, that. Like, if I'm, like, going into public, I'm not wearing basketball oh, shorts. Oh, I'm wearing usually. basketball shorts all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just like, like if you're going to like drinking at the bar, you're wearing basketball that's shorts. That's different. Okay, that's but what I meant. Chances are of me going drinking to the bar, I'd rather just buy myself a twelve pack and drink at home. Well, yeah. So I mean, I, I feel you there. <laughs> what are you doing later? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sounds like an we'll awesome. We'll put our basketball Friday, shorts man. on and <laughs> <laughs> watch the playoffs. <laughs> Crack back a few beers, man. <laughs> that's the life. <laughs> With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna go to break. When we come back, the official start of the three o'clock hour, and we'll talk day two. Of the Puck. NHL playoffs. Here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, this is Chalk Talk. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to, to Chalk Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the 3 o'clock hour here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm Renee Canales, joined in the studio by James Baccioni and our producer, Big Mike Grifkin. We spoke NBA playoffs in the first round. Yeah, wow, that was. <laughs> That popping sound, eh? He spoke NBA playoffs in the first uh, in the first hour of the show. Now we're going to be moving on to the NHL playoffs, the best playoffs oh, in yeah. North America. Um, last night we had three games on the docket. Where we- are the better playoffs? Huh? What in North? Where are the better ones? The best playoffs in the world. Okay. What's the better? Play- <laughs> Where's okay. there like a? Is like the KHL got a better playoffs? Oh, man. 
I don't know what goes Soccer? on. Soccer? The... They don't really have playoffs. Okay. Rarely. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, way to throw me off there. Just saying. Just, I mean, way no. to throw me off there, guy. <laughs> I don't know. I just... um, with that being said, we had three matchups last night. We had the Toronto Maple Leafs in Boston against the Boston uh, Bruins. And it was all Toronto in that one. Dude. All that... Toronto in that one. Four to one victory over the Boston Bruins, stealing home ice advantage early on in this series. Um, fellas, what what did we see from Toronto? Because we didn't see anything from Boston yesterday. Tor- oh, Toronto's Toronto. speed. Their speed gives Boston fits. Boston didn't have their legs. And let's be fair. Tor- Toronto's defense, which was the weak point of Played well. Played well. Well, you know who was a big name in this year in this game it was Jake Muzzin. Yeah, went up against that top line of, of of Boston and really shut them down pretty much for the most of the for the game. And then you get you can't overlook that acquisition for no. Toronto at the deadline. I mean, it's he was a guy who was slumping a little bit in L.A. You know, had a great Bruins, arguably one of the best lines in hockey, if if not the, the, the best. best. Yeah, and really shut them down and. Can you expect that for the rest of the series? You know, you, you got to expect that those guys are going to get theirs eventually a little bit, mm-hmm. but imp- definitely an encouraging sign. Yeah, and when they gave up opportunities, Freddie Anderson was there. And Freddie Anderson, as long as you give him a chance, he's going to play well because he's a good goaltender. And he did play well. And he did play well. Boston, on the other hand. Uh, Boston got the scoring started. Patrice Bergeron. On the power on play. On the power play, assisted by Brad Marchand. Uh, got uh, that first goal. A smooth pat. What it really a pass was. through the seam. But then things just unraveled for the Boston Bruins. Mitch Marner had two goals in that one. Um, Mitch Marner puts two Rask in a body bag. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <The penalty laughs> oh, shot. my oh, goodness. Adam. That I was all- Tukarask, please exit the arena stage right. <laughs> Dude, Literally, that's where he was going. <laughs> I don't know whose dangle was hook. better, Marner's or Barzell's the other night. They were both. Oh, Ooh. Marner's was sick. Yeah, Marner, Tukarask was like, went into cardiac arrest. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, un- <laughs> he undressed him. Yeah, Tuka Rass was looking at the bench like, get me, get me out of here. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> like, that's how. Fake an injury after yeah. that one. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, ah. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Mitch Marner got one. William Nylander got one. Marner got two. Oh, well, yeah. Marner had two. And Tavares got one. Yeah, Tavares got the. Uh, empty netter. Empty netter. But, moving on. Game two, I mean, do you see the, the, the same thing from the Toronto Maple Leafs or do you think the Boston Bruins uh, change their game plan a little bit. Boston's going to have to change a little bit. They're going to have to be a little bit more physical. I thought they were going to be. That's why I thought I, they I, had the edge I, in this series. I figured I that too. they were going to you know, finish every check on Toronto legally, you know, you, mm-hmm. you assume. With well, Marshall, you never know. But <laughs> I mean, you did say he was going to lick somebody. So. I thought he was going to lick he? someone. No, mm. no. Over, under, for the rest of the series, he licks two players. Under. Under. Taking the under? Yeah. He might go over. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, an- another guy who's going to have to be good for the Bruins the rest of the series is Dano Char. He was not good he last night. Took a bad penalty yesterday on the interference call. No. Um, He's showing his age. He really is. Well, look at the speed on that Toronto team. Yeah. You can't you can't expect Zeno Char to go out there and shut down guys like Austin Matthews or Tavares anymore. That's not you he can't. can't do it. Yeah, he's gonna have a hard time. And a guy like Tory Krug. Is he the one who's going to be to shut down those guys? I'm not sure he's going to do it either. I don't either. think so. 
So if, if, if Toronto can keep up the speed and stay healthy this whole series and not worry about – have to look over their shoulder for a flying Bruin coming in to finish their check, if the, that's, if the Bruins don't want to play that style of game, that physical East Coast hockey, then Toronto's going to cruise because mm-hmm. they have easily, you know, the more skilled offensive they, players they and defense. If they're, they're a finesse team, no yeah. doubt. But I figured that Boston would come in and try to assert that dominance, that, uh, that you know, aggressiveness that, aggressiveness that we always see from Boston teams throughout the years – and they really didn't do it at all last night. I don't know if they weren't able to. Toronto was too quick. Held. There were empty seats around there. so Fake garden. Fake garden. <laughs> Does this change your, your thoughts on this series moving forward? Now that Toronto has been able to um, impose their will on, 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 the, on the Boston Bruins or, or not yet, you still think the Boston Bruins... I, uh, possibly come out on top in this. I game. had Bruins in seven. I still have Bruins still in seven. That way. I think I had Bruins in sevens as well. I'm still going to stick with it. Okay. But, but but what if game two turns out the same way as game one did in, in, in Toronto's favor? Uh, that, then then I'd, be, start to, I'd be a little bit more concerned. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not bad. Moving on. Because that game was sort of, eh, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't what we expected. Moving on to game one in Washington, the Washington Capitals. Begin their uh, their title defense in the playoffs against the Carolina Hurricanes, and quickly it was three nothing. Yeah, you blink, it's three nothing. Yeah, for the Washington Capitals, the Hurricane made deal at four to two. What did we see? What did you guys see in that one from the Washington Capitals and the Carolina Hurricanes? I know uh, Carolina made a little bit of a run there. I just saw a better, more experienced team beating up on a younger less experienced team. Yeah, they have I mean, no Brooks Orpix was all over the place last night. He was knocking guys off the puck. It, it's just the Capitals, like I said yesterday, are, are they're on a mission again. I mean, this is a Stanley Cup team. They won it last year. They're not going to say that they're not until someone takes it from them. And they have the team to do it again this year. I mean, what did we hear Oshie say during the, during the parade last year? In the slightest. I think this team wants to go out and kick exactly. the ass out of every opponent they play. And I think that they're... They they truly believe they can go on a deep run. I think I think I said caps in four. I'm sticking with it. I I I don't know how you could be content with just winning one after you after you taste the first one. You're gonna want to get that second one right away. Uh, Nick Backstrom had two goals in this one. Ovechkin had a goal in this one. Uh, Carlson had three assists in this game. Um, the Hurricane were just completely outmatched. Exactly. That's just what it was. It was there for, for most of them, their first, first playoff game. I'm saying. It was just a more experienced yeah. team taking care of a less experienced team. I mean, Svechnikov had two goals, but, I mean, his first playoff game. Yeah. So, uh, like you first said. First player born in the 2000s to score in the playoffs. Ew. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's how old we are. God. I, I, That's look, actually frightening. I, I I think the biggest difference in this series is between the pipes. Trust Brayton Holtby more or than Jake I trust Marazic. Pete Morazic. Pete Morazic. I don't Marazic. know why I said Jake. I don't know why either. I was thinking of Jake Mar- uh, Mraz. I think it was Jason Mraz. Jason Mraz. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, singer. Whatever he is. I'm yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> but Pete not Mraz, yet, anyway. Oh no. Stop it. <laughs> no, but Washington plays there. And again, same thing we said about the Islanders yesterday. Carolina took too many penalties, and it bit them because Washington scored two of their goals on the power I mean, play. He, he, you're obviously giving Ovechkin a chance to, to shoot on the power play, and he's going to score more often than not. Did you see the play on the power play where Carolina has four guys over on one side battling see, for the puck, and they leave Ovechkin I was just going to say, I'll never understand how he can get that shot off every, every single, single season, time. every single game, every single power play. Just keep a man glued to Ovi. And nobody just, does a you thing. You know that's what they're setting up. You know it. He's been doing it for 10 freaking years. Like, listen, you can watch games – 
you can watch film upon film upon film on the Washington Capitals and try to break them down. On the power play, Alex Ovechkin does not move from that left circle. He does not move. Literally does not move anywhere. Him and Stamkos, they have that same shot, same spot. Like you might want to think you, you you think you might want to put a body on that guy. Yeah, he he's he only scored a hundred freaking one miles an hour. Only scored fifty goals for the eighth time in his career this year. And more chances than not, your goalie might be fast, but that shot's coming quicker. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, what are you guys doing? He's going to be in that left circle. He's not moving from there at all. This is put a man on them. It's just it's just maybe. Inexperience again, and just little n- nerves taken yeah. over, bad penalties, trying to do too much. Good, good, good for the cap for the Hurricanes organization. Good for their players to get this experience, but they're not going to win a game. It's not going to happen. Nothing at all. No. Same for you. They might steal one at home. I just don't see it happening. All right. Moving on, I guess. Then, boys, let's go to Calgary where the Calgary Flames played against the Colorado Avalanche in game one of their series. And well, Matthew Kachuk had a great game. Mike Smith had a great game with his sick-ass goalie mask. Um, <laughs> the Avalanche were trying to come into this one and extinguish the flame, but that did not work out so well. The I feel like you were kind torch- of pondering that thought there. <laughs> you were just Oh, no, that was there. Oh, that was I was there. waiting for you. Okay. <laughs> now you've ruined it. Thanks. <laughs> I had some nice for. symmetry go or nice uh, similes going. But, that's what I was. Or metaphors, I should say. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Still going. But the Calgary Still Flames. <laughs> but the Calgary Flames win four nothing in this one. Um, it was a battle of goalies, I believe. I mean, both goalies had a uh, had a pretty good game, uh, but just Calgary was just a lot quicker, a lot better. Yeah, Philip Grubauer was really good for. Uh, I was about to say Washington for Colorado last night. He made a couple of big saves. Oh, there's some huge saves. In oh there. my god! He the one where he just stretches out the pad. I forgot who took the shot, but he stretches out the pad. Ridiculous. Calgary uh, was just too quick on the puck Cal- last Calgary night. Calgary was really good without their best players being their best players. Mm-hmm. So Johnny Gaudreau was a non-factor. Monahan was a non-factor. Elias Lindholm was a non-factor. Instead, Matthew Tachuk, who is. Kind of the modern day Sean Avery. He's going to be a pain in the neck. He drew a couple of penalties on Colorado. He gets in front of Grubauer on a deflection for the second mm-hmm. goal. Oh, that, goal was goal. A, that goal was outstanding. Why Colorado challenged for goalie interference, I will never know. And then you but lose that timeout. You lose the timeout. I mean, ugh. I mean, I also saw a lot from Calgary's defense last night, which has been great all season. You know, they have yeah. a very legitimate Norris Trophy candidate. In, uh, uh, if Jordan doesn't win the Norris yeah. – uh, we're going to have issues yeah. with the people who so, vote. <laughs> so, I mean, I saw a lot of Colorado shots not getting through because mm-hmm. the defense of Calgary was collapsing in front, not allowing many things inside the, the slot areas at all. They were really yeah. forcing Colorado outside. Anytime they did get shots off outside, they were getting blocked. And and Calgary was really quick to jump on those loose pucks and get out there and cut, try to control the play in the, Cal- in the Colorado zone. I, I just think Calgary's got too much firepower for Colorado to keep up with. Yeah, I, I do too. The, the issue with Colorado is they're one line. Yeah. They have one line who scores. Outside of that, where is your other scoring coming from? And I don't Out- expect Grubauer to stand on his head or make nearly any of the saves that he did yesterday. He made some really nice saves. That game could have yeah. been easily like 8 to nothing. Yeah, if Calgary gets their stars going, this one might be over quickly. I had Calgary in four. I'm sticking with it. I had Calgary in six, I believe. 
that one save that Mike Smith had on, uh, I believe it was on McKinnon late in the game where he just stretches out, sprawls out. Oh, oh my goodness, unbelievable! Hey, if they're gonna get Mike, if they're gonna get goaltending play from Mike Smith like that throughout the playoffs, then watch out. Calgary's really <laughs> dangerous if they get that goal because t- that that's their, been their that's Achilles it. heel all that's year. Question mark. I mean, I, I, and I was listening to to the broadcast. I mean, Calgary was. In the market for a goalie at some point yeah. through the season because they didn't. Mike They're, Smith was playing off, and I'm. They were in the market, and they saw a few things from Mike Smith that got them through, and, and look at where they are now. If they continue to play the way that they're playing, they continue to get goaltending from him. Like you said, watch out! This is going to be a dangerous scene moving forward. Whoa. Agreed. Moving on to tonight's matchups, we have four of them, starting off with the Columbus Blue Jackets coming off of that. Outstanding come from behind victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, in game one of their series. What do you see in this one? Is that the only game that the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to reel off? Yes. T- Tampa's got to be angry. They got to be aggressive. They got to be smarter than what they were in They're game one. They're all hot one. and bothered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I just think there's too much talent there for the Tampa Bay Lightning to lose this series. I really do. They got to come out tonight and just make sure they get a game at home before they hit the road to go to Columbus. I think they come out tonight and take care of business. I yeah, think, I like you too. said, they're they're kind of a bit of a reality check for them in game one. Uh, they got to realize that they are the best team in this entire tournament. Uh, they have the offense. They have the defense. They have the goaltending. They're, they've been the best team, like we said, arguably in NHL history in terms of, amount of how many wins that they had. They tied the record, right, this year? Yeah, too, yeah. So. I think that you can kind of look at that game one as a oh crap like we gotta you know we gotta still gotta play hard we can't coast in we can't coast through this and I think that they totally take care of business today and kind of wins handedly I would say yeah this I one. think if they jump out to a big lead I don't think they're gonna let that collapse no not like they no. did in game one definitely not seven thirty p.m. get the pedal on the metal yeah absolutely seven thirty p.m. live from the barn as they like to call it at the Nassau Coliseum we got the Pittsburgh Penguins coming off the overtime loss against the New York Islanders do the Islanders make it 2-0 and in this series, or do the Penguins steal home ice advantage from the New York, from the New York Islanders? I have no idea. You don't know what you feel? <laughs> I have no idea in this one. Oh, I really don't. I had, actually had a question. You answered this before. I did. I, I know it's the New York Islanders, and I know it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who do you hate the most? The Islanders. So you want the Penguins to win this series? No. That, I don't root. I just want good hockey. I don't okay. care who wins the series. Okay. What am I, a seven-year-old? <laughs> Could be. You never know. I don't have to root to watch it out. <laughs> All right, then, I guess. <laughs> I just want to watch good hockey. I don't want I don't want rooting for any of them. If a puck goes in and I think it's a good goal, I'm going to go, oh, wow, nice goal. But for either team, it's, it's – We're already in the mindset of go caps in the second round. <laughs> I really don't have any rooting interest for any team in this right now. I mean, hockey with me, if it's not the Rangers, just I really don't thing care. To you. Like, it's – Hockey's just a natural thing you'll watch it regardless. No, it's just I don't really I've never rooted for another team other than the Rangers, really. I've never like actively rooted. Like it's just not the Rangers, and I'm just like, okay, I'll watch the game. But I've never I'm not gonna sit there like even in a Stanley Cup, I'm not gonna, if the like last year the Knights and the uh Capitals, like if the if I was rooting for the Knights, if they scored, I wouldn't be like, Yeah, like let's go Knights. Like I would just be like, Oh, nice goal. Like that's I, I just I can't get like behind a team that isn't mine in hockey. Or really kinda any sport, but So what do you see happening in this game? I don't know. <laughs> Big Mike, maybe persuade me. All right, I, I think Pittsburgh wins this game. That's what I was leading towards, but I don't know why. I, I, I can see for both teams so easily. They're just so easily, they're so evenly, evenly matched. matched. 
I think the Penguins' star players are going to play like stars tonight. Crosby's going to be better than he was in game one. Kessel and Malkin are going to do what they do. If you look at the back, there's no way the Penguins' defense could be as poor as they were in game one. So mm-hmm. I I expect guys like Ole Mata to step up. I expect Chris, Lent- Chris Letang to step up. They've been there, done that. Prove it. Win this game on the road. Take back home ice advantage. Now, I, th- that doesn't mean they're going to do it. I mean, I just, and my gut tells me Pittsburgh's winning this game. Mm-hmm. I don't really care who, who wins in this game. I, don't, I, well, I mean, that's not what we're here to do. I, to care. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Really? You think? Well, then give me something. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't care if you care or not. <laughs> <laughs> Take over the show, David. I'm, talking, I'm done talking. <laughs> I, think, I think the Penguins pull out this one. Like you said, uh, you're going to see a little bit more from Crosby. I think Matt Murray is going to have a better game. Um, I think he'll steal. I think he actually steals the show in this one. You think he steals? I the think show? he steals the show in this okay. one. I think that's the reason why the Penguins are actually going to win this game too. I could buy that. Moving on, we got the St. Louis Blues against the Winnipeg Jets in Game Two of their series in Winnipeg. I'm guessing it's another whiteout over there. Oh, it's it's oh, always it's, a whiteout. What do you see happening in this one, guys? I I like Winnipeg. I liked them in Game One. I liked how they played. They just didn't get a couple of bounces. If they play that same way, get traffic in front of Jordan Bennington offensively, because he, he was the difference in game one. Mm-hmm. He was the. I game, mean, that game would have been tied late if it wasn't for that spectacular save he had at, at at the end of the game. Yeah, he had a great save late. I think Winnipeg hit a post or two, and Winnipeg got a goal out of Patrick Liney, so maybe that gets him going. But they need their other guys: uh, Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers. Those boys have to come ready to play. As good as St. Louis is, I just think Winnipeg's a little bit better. Yeah, I'm going to go with Winnipeg as well. I actually think Winnipeg kind of puts on an offensive onslaught in this game. I think this is a game where I could see a team like Winnipeg with their explosive offense, you know, Shifley, Wheeler, Line. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to put up somewhere between 44 to, four, like, you know, 48 mm-hmm. shots in this one. I think they're going to just pepper uh, Bennington. And. I mean, yeah, like we said, the game one was close. It was a low-scoring one. But in this one, I think they kind of execute maybe a different game plan, tried and say put the puck on the net at all any means necessary. And I'm saying – I'm looking at like a four or five goal night from Winnipeg. I think four they kind of break out in this one, force, San Jose, force um, St. Louis to kind of do some things differently in game three. I think, mm-hmm. I, think San, I think St. Louis may be a little complacent right now after the win. So I think Winnipeg is the team that needs comes out a little more aggressive. A little Winnipeg more, has to come exactly. more aggressive, so yeah. I think they're going to just pepper the goalie tonight and put up a lot of goals, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of shots, a lot of opportunities. After scoring one goal, obviously, I, a coach's mindset is more shots, more shots on that, more shots on that, more shots on that. I mean, that's just what it's probably going to be. Uh, Hellebuck is going to have a good game as well. Uh, for the Winnipeg Jets, but like you said, Patrick Laine scoring that goal that might be a, a difference maker. That might that might turn up the heat on him a little bit. Might get him going. It, it, they you, they better hope because he had a rough year. Jimmy knows that very well. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, he's also an RFA at season that season's end. So see what happens there. I'll pay him three one Jets. L- listen, someone someone could offer sheet him. You think they let him go? Oh, no, I don't think they'd let him go. 
Of course not. Just to be a dick. Like, you know? Yeah, someone, <laughs> d- someone pulls a flyers and offer sheets him like they did Shea Weber years ago, and that's why no one offers sheets anymore. <laughs> Three one jets. Five two jets. You said somewhere four or five, five balls anyways, yeah. All right. The last matchup of the night, the ten thirty game from San Jose. We got the Vegas Knights going to going up against the San Jose Sharks. San Jose Sharks. Um Pretty much ran them out the water uh, in game one. Uh, it wasn't even close. The Knights were shark bait. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. DC. The Sharks ran them out the water. It <laughs> <laughs> worked. I don't know if you meant to do that, but... <laughs> you could say it did. It was sort of It was sort of intended to, to be that way, but I just... You know, that's Big Mike's thing, you know. Sharks don't run. Well, the Sharks ran the Knights yeah, out so, of the water. Yeah, I got gotcha. No, uh, yeah, Sharks don't run. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the Sharks forced the Knights to run out of the water. Did they really, uh, want to be whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I guess we're being technical about it. The Knights did not play a good game. No. Yeah, run out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> the Sharks... Force oh. the knights to swim out the water. Is that better? Cause, sure. You know, night swim. Whatever. Anyways, night swim. <laughs> you know, because night swimming. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, we see a bounce back from the knights tonight. Yes, I think so. Big bounce back. Yeah, they'll play better than they did the other night. They need Flurry to be better, but they need their guys. Their to defense be, needs to be better. Their defense has to be better. And look, they need again, like I said about Winnipeg and Pittsburgh. Your top players have to be your top players. They got two goals out of Mark Stone. That's nice. But that top line of Carlson, Marchessault, and Riley Smith have to be better. Marchessault has had to be better all season this year. Yeah, he's been up and down. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Carlson, we knew Carlson wasn't going to put up 40 goals again. Mm-hmm. But you just want him to have the consistency. Riley Smith is a really good two-way forward. They still have Pacioretty there. He's got to step up his game. Paul Stasny's got to step yeah. up his game. I mean, those are big names. Yeah, the, these are guys. Names, yeah. These are guys who are getting paid big money. Got to step it Eric up. Eric Howell practiced uh, earlier in the week. Uh, if he's See in, in the, can come back. If he's in the big line, scoring touch right there, and that'll add more speed to their mm-hmm. lineup too. Well, I, I did not see that coming because. His injury was nasty. Yeah, he's on are the there set, skated. Are they right. are there set rosters for for the playoffs? So you, you, you can activate him. You, you can. He can be activated. Okay. It's not like baseball. It's not no, like baseball. That's why I was asking it. No. Score line tonight. Vegas four to two. Vegas three to two. Vegas two one. All right. Triple <laughs> overtime. Oh, I'd be sick to my stomach. Enjoy though, <laughs> I would enjoy that definitely. I, not well, not really because I got to wait. I don't early, see an so. overtime game tonight. I see a game where Vegas controls. Yeah, I, I don't see through. I think Vegas. Like I, I see, I see, I say three two, but I think it's, I think it's a pretty solid three two win for sure. Vegas. I don't think, I don't think like in the last couple of minutes they're getting peppered or anything. Right. I think they keep the foot on. They the, handle know, it. Yeah, I think they handle it. Yeah, I think one of these games is going to overtime. I think it's the Penguins and the Isles. I actually think Again? it's a, I think it's the Jets. I think it's the Jets and the Blues. If the Jets aren't careful, this one could go into overtime. Well, the Jets need this game because you don't want to go to St. Louis down 0-2. No, absolutely not. I don't think everyone wants to go to St. Louis at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. I've jacket. never been, so I can't ass, bro. respond. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was sitting there. The Mets will it was be a in softball. I had to do the it. Mets St. Will, Louis is great. The Mets will be in St. Louis next weekend to play the Cardinals. Mm. I actually do want to go to Bush Stadium, but yeah, I do too. With that being said, I think we did that in our top five yeah. you know, ballparks. It's about the only reason I ever want to go to St. Louis, though. <laughs> Dude, you can go watch the Rams. Oh wait. Wow! <laughs> Still way too soon. <laughs> like, way let's too say, soon. like, let's say, Louis. Like, oh, you got to try the, the I don't prairie know, dog. Like, I don't know. Kansas <laughs> City's known for barbecue. I don't know what St. Louis is. I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know. With that being said, we're gonna go to break, and we'll be back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll talk uh, a little bit about the Masters. It's going on right now. Tiger Woods is about uh, what is this? Uh, seventh hole of the of the of the afternoon. We'll touch on that when we come back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chalk Talk. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to, to Chalk Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's transition over to Augusta. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Masters. It's day two over there. Uh, at the top of the leaderboard right now is Molinari at uh, seven under. He was five under for the day. Uh, he's already in the uh, clubhouse. Uh, Jason Day is also tied for first at seven under. He also had a five wow. under for the day. Um, what a, that was a big jump because uh, like, he had a pretty tough, rough yes, day yesterday. What a day he had. Very much. Very much. Dustin Johnson currently tied for third. At uh, six under, he's two under for the day. He's still not done. He's uh, on the 17th hole right now. Brooks Kepka is even on the day, six under in total. He's also tied for third on the 16th hole. If we're looking at Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods is one under for the day, three under for uh, for you know the total of two days so far. He is six holes in. Uh, to the day he started, he teed off around two o'clock today. So he had a late. So he's start. still in the race. He's still there. He's four shots back of the leaderboard, uh, of the leader. Excuse me, tied for thirteenth uh, right now. But uh, yeah, so a big jump from Jason Day uh, from yesterday. Ah, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's your big winner for Friday so far. Absolutely. Uh, what do you see the cutoff line there, Jim? Uh, for the for for the Masters. You said plus two yesterday. Yeah, I don't think that's going to hold. Mm. I do not think that's going to hold. I think we're looking more at like a plus one now, honestly. Okay. Fair enough. I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to tell so far because there's still, like we said, so many guys who are going to go. But I see a lot of evens. I see a lot of minus threes, a lot of minus fours, a lot of minus twos, a lot of minus ones. So I don't think that plus two is going to hold up anymore. A lot of guys are having really good days today. Sure. I think we're looking at more of a plus one or maybe even an even, honestly. Oh. Could be. Mm. It's a pretty tough cut right now. Yeah. A lot of guys are playing really good golf. Jordan Speed is playing really good golf today. Uh, yesterday, he had a oh, rough yeah, one. He had a there. really rough one yesterday. He is uh, four under for the day. He's one under in total uh, for the total two days. He needed that one. Yeah. Big, big day from Jordan Speed uh, over there. Um, uh, but anyways. Yeah, we could be looking uh, at you, a plus one or an even, honestly. There's a lot of guys who are minus three, minus two, minus one, minus four. Couple minus fives. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, not everyone can make it. You gotta cut it somewhere, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, we have a caller on the line, uh, Mr. Jeff. How are you today, sir? I couldn't be better if you were twins, my friend. How are you, gentlemen, doing? Um, we're doing lovely. What do you got on mind? 
man, I see you rattling off names, man. How is nobody talking about John Rom? That kid is going to win this tournament this week. Oh, he no, yeah, he's he's been he's been really really good so far in this minus, tournament. Minus two he, through six today. Yeah, right minus now. he's at a five under for total uh, for the total two days. Um, Ustheisen as well. He's he's at four under for the day. At five under for uh, for the two days. Uh, I mean, well, Shrek has always seems like he's in the mix, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, he he's always he's always a name that you got to look out for when it comes to uh, in, in terms of being at the top of the leaderboard or even just being in contention for uh, for making the cut. Uh, he's he, always that dude that's just like quiet but puts up numbers and no one ever talks about him, but somehow he's top five every golf tournament. Yeah. Uh, no, I 100% agree with you. Uh, but I mean, so far so good through the two days of golf. I mean, we've seen some we've seen some really really good things uh, from a lot of golfers here today. As uh, we have it on right now, Phil Mickelson just went into the bunker, um, and he is he, he's even for the day at five under through 16 holes. Uh, what else you got there, Jeff? Though. No, man, I'm curious how no one seems to mention John Rahm. It's just crazy yeah. to me that kid has been probably the most consistent player on tour. He's always at the top of the leaderboard. And when people rattle off names on this leaderboard, people are bought, talking about Tiger Woods at two under. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, it, Ron is a guy who finished fourth at Augusta last year. But, it, I mean, there there is a lot of names on the leaderboard who get more attention than him. It's just the way it is. I, I mean, I agree with you. Ron is he's a great young golfer. Um, is totally in there in every tournament. Maybe if he, if he can get this win, then we'll start talking about it a little more. But I feel like he's a name until he gets that actual win and goes over the hump. He's not going to get that recognition like a guy like a, like a Tiger Woods or a Dustin Johnson or a Kepka. These are guys who we look at because they've done it. Hmm. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that part of it, but I mean, people are still talking about Phil Mickelson. Like he's of course. Well, I mean, he's a legend. Mama. You're not going to not talk about Phil and Tiger because those are two transcendent players to the sport. I mean, they're guys who we've been watching for, you know, 20-plus years, 25-plus years. So no matter what they do, they're always going to be a story. And you know, I mean, kind of, but everyone laughed at the match, right? Everyone's like, wow, ha, ha, ha. They're playing so, no, you're at, that's a very good point. You're absolutely right on that. You know who's had a rough day, though? Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, he, he's, he's three over for the day. He's had a steep drop from what he did yesterday. Yesterday he was at the top of the leaderboard. At the end, at the end of uh, his eighteen holes of golf, uh, very, the very steep about drop. That is as bad of a day as he's had at three over isn't great. He's still, he's, he's still, still there in the mix. Of yeah, absolutely, he's still there. He's still at three under. What was it yesterday? Minus seven. Yeah, yeah. So, or if you do the math, minus six. Minus six. Yeah. Excuse me. Bad math from you. Your excuse. Well, you agree with me. <laughs> I knew what you were getting at. <laughs> Listen, I've made it known I'm not good at math, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I mean, who do you guys see winning this tournament? I've been saying it since the beginning. I like Brooks Kepka. I think he's just one of, if if not the most consistent golfer we've seen over the last maybe year plus. And, you know, he got those two major wins last year right there in the top of the leaderboard this year at a minus six. I mean, I, going into the weekend, he's got to feel pretty good. I, I, yeah, I mean, he started off terribly today. Yeah. And I, and I know Dustin Johnson has been one to sort of be a choke artist when it comes to playing on Sundays. Uh, but I think Dustin Johnson has a has a very, very good chance of winning this tournament when it uh, come around Sunday. I'll I mean, go with the, this. The problem is all the leaders from yesterday are playing the afternoon today, and they were really ahead of the field compared to where Day and Dustin Johnson were. So you still got to wait to see where those guys finish to mm-hmm. see if, you know, see if seven under is a number that's, you know, 
at the top of the leaderboard because if if, the, if yesterday's leaders get to nine or ten, nah. Yeah, no. There's tons of golf to be played today. Of course, I mean, who know? I mean, Tiger says at minus three with at hole six. I mean, there's plenty of room for him to to make it, to step up and get a couple strokes here in this one. Uh, guys like. Still looking who's playing right now. Uh, Ricky Fowler's at minus two through six. Uh, Dude, he's a bum. Why do people? Oh, I know that. I, I, I said that about yesterday. I said that yesterday. Yeah, Ricky Fowler that, yeah. is done nothing for me since he's ever came up. What does that guy ever want? I, I, I totally agree with that one. I said that on the show yesterday. Bring it up. The Fowler. only pe- reason people liked him was because he wore orange shirts yeah. and black bill hats. And yeah. even that was totally. <laughs> yeah, he looked good. <laughs> uh, but this guy, uh, Louis Ustaisen, he's uh, eight holes in. He's at four under right now. Uh, three under for the day. Um, he's just starting off. He still has he still has the other holes to to, to play. Mm-hmm. I think the with other t- holes. yeah. I was, well, I was gonna say the back nine, but you know, mm. who holes. am I? Who am I? A guy who's kind of let me down a little bit in this tournament is Justin Rose. Honestly, dude, you know what they say? Every rose has its thorn. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Weak. Weak. Oh, Weak. We, I've come to expect so much better from him. He's got dude. He's far more clever on Twitter than on this show. It's just sad. <laughs> like I wish his Twitter game to this show. You holding out on us, Big Mike? I'm holding out. Sorry. So you're just going to let him talk to you like that, Big Mike? Yeah. What am I going to do? I think he agrees with me. Let's say I try to bring consistency all the time. What Jeff is pretty much saying is that you have Twitter fingers. I do. I do. No, I'm saying <laughs> he's far more witty on Twitter. That one was. Uh, uh, that was eh. Yeah. All right. Was, you, you know what, Jeff? For for you, I'll try to be better next week and bring it onto the show. I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, every rose has its thorn. Come on, bro, you're better than that. <laughs> I agree. I have to agree here. All right. <laughs> See, yeah, only because only because we've heard it. Scroll through yeah. his Twitter feed, Bacioni. What's that? Yeah, I've seen Big Mike's Twitter feed. It's impressive. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's an impressive resume of tweets. The GIF wars that we have, me and you, we just go back and forth. We just go back and forth. Absolutely. What else you got, Jeff? No, that's it. I just want to get John Rahm out there because I'm I'm calling it now that he's going to win this week. I like that. Spaniard. That's a good choice. I like that. I like that. I like bring attention to the name because he is a good golfer who should be mentioned more. You're right. I mean, he's a. What is he at now? Five right now, and mm-hmm. he still has what twelve holes to play or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he still got uh, twelve holes to play. Right, which is three out of the four par fives, which should be birdies. Yeah, scoring holes, cash in on those birdies. That gets him to a minimum eight without making. You know, I mean, there, he might sprinkle in a bogey here or two, but if he can play some of the par fours at one or two under, he'll get to ten. It's possible. Then they'll be talking about him. Yeah, um, he has three. He has, on some of the better ones, man. He he has three more par fives to go in uh, in his remaining twelve holes. Hmm. So good, and good opportunity to keep, keep even there. Say it again. They're all completely reachable with his length. He could have eagle looks at all of those par fives. Mm-hmm. Pretty mm-hmm. good analysis there. We appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks for the phone call, man. Uh, you have all yourself right, boys, uh, enjoy your weekend, Bacioni. Sorry, pal, but your nets don't stand a chance. Oh, you're, you're not even one? Bro. Dude, they're going to get swept. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, the disrespect. The disrespect. I'm not standing for it, we'll man. Talk, we'll talk next week. I'm we'll not talk standing here for it. It's not disrespect. I don't feel disrespected. I, I respect his opinion, but I'm just saying we'll talk next week. <laughs> I mean, the Sixers are just deep, bro. No, sure, sure. I'm, sure. 
We'll talk next week. <laughs> and, and, right. You don't want to say too much because you know what's going to happen. I, I already <laughs> claimed earlier in the show Nets in seven, so it's out there. Nets in seven. Give it to me. Oh, my God. What a bad take that is. <laughs> hey, guess we'll find out, right? That's po- when they get when they get swept, you're going to be embarrassed to even pick the Nets. That's basketball, <laughs> Susan. <laughs> that's not basketball. That's a horrible take. Nets in seven. All right, Jeff. Thanks for the call. We'll catch you next week. Has been trusting the process. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Yes, have Goodbye. <laughs> Later, man. Um, Thanks but, for the phone call, Jeff. Yeah. Um, I mean, pretty good golf take there. You brought John yeah, Brown. That was. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a good name to bring up for sure. Uh, he still has twelve holes to go, uh, eleven holes, I'm sure, at this point. Uh, but what do you have? What have you seen from Tiger so far in in, in the two days that he's been uh, out on the golf course? Just a guy playing golf, man. I mean, he's not killing <laughs> it. He's <laughs> not. He's not doing anything spectacular. He's not doing anything bad. He's just playing a decent round of golf, enough to get him into the cut. And we'll see what happens on the weekend, where if this Tiger magic can flash on Sunday, because if Tiger Woods is in the chance. To get you know make ground on the leaderboard on that Sunday, we've seen how many times him do it before. So mm-hmm. it's it's that's all I'm looking for from you, Tiger is to see him in the conversation on Sunday. Do you think he takes these first two days as kind of like a pacing himself kind yeah, of deal? I do, okay. I do, I do. Plays the course a little bit, yeah. and then I think he comes get to turn it on after the cut. Okay. I know you brought up VJ Singh yesterday. <laughs> oh, what do you think was his ending? Uh, his ending number after uh, today's round. What was he at yesterday? Plus ten, plus seven at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna assume he had a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a plus thirteen, plus twelve. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! He's, he's uh, I think four. it's safe to say he won't make the cup. No. He was hey, we get to play over. two days of golf at a great golf course. Look at some decent check. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> according to call Master- it a day, Acor- call it a weekend. According to Masters.com, you know, for Sign right me now, up for that job for today. The projected cup is at uh, <laughs> is at plus three. <laughs> Give him thirty thousand dollars and go home. Okay. Angel Cabrera finished at uh, thirteen over, so he wow. he's tied for eighty sixth <laughs> on the leaderboard. Oh man, that's terrible. Uh, but gentlemen, we're almost at the end of the show here. Um. Going into the sports weekend, what are you guys uh, looking forward to the most? I know for you, Jay's Baccioni, the Nets do play tomorrow, but what else are you looking Sri for? Sri Lanka versus England cricket, round nice. two. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Kill the Nets. <laughs> Nothing else but the Brooklyn Nets. Such a jackass. <laughs> Can't ask him anything. Smart-ass answers all the time. All the time. That's James Baccioni for you. Big Mike. More of the Stanley Cup playoff first round. And listen... The New York Mets, man, in Atlanta, took game one last night. See if they can keep it. Yeah, I want to watch Zach Wheeler tonight, how he bounces back. Wheeler pitches tonight, Vargas tomorrow, and DeGrom on Sunday night. So, if you want to sleep through tomorrow night's game, that's fine. Yeah, I want to see how DeGrom bounces back as well. Yeah. Speaking of the Mets, have you liked what you've seen from Steven Matz so far this season? Yeah, but I'm still underwhelmed. <laughs> no matter what he does, I don't know. It's just something about him. He was really good he last night. He was good night. last he night, but good. I'm still underwhelmed. I just, I don't know. I just still don't he, trust him yet. Because you need it, a consistency yeah. from him. I don't him. trust him yet. I know, I just feel like we're a couple days away or like a couple hours or a couple minutes away from like, oh, Steven Matz has elbow discomfort. And it's like, okay, here we go. But hopefully not. He's 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 pitching well. and I. But he's just, I, I don't know. I don't enjoy watching him pitch, I'll tell you that much. I don't know why. I just don't. Would you agree? I'm just, I just expect the worst every single time. I just don't enjoy watching a pitch. I, I mean, if he's on, he's on, and when he's off, he's really off. 
you got to find the consistency. You're right. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with him? He's not wrong in his assessment of Steven Matz. I don't mind watching Steven Matz pitch. I just want to see every fifth day. I want to see you be consistent. That's all I want from – I, I want to say all of these guys, but then I remember Jason Vargas is still a member of the rotation. And then <laughs> – because he's going to get lit up like a firework tomorrow night. Like a firework. <laughs> is it firework night in Atlanta? Saturday? It could be. <laughs> could be. It is when Jason Vargas is on the mound. It is. <laughs> uh, for me, I just want to see what the Yankees can do this weekend. Uh, you want to read the lineup tonight? I, you stay healthy this weekend? I actually do have the lineup in front of me. Uh, they do start off a three-game set uh, against the Chicago White Sox at the, in the Bronx. Brett Gardner leading off playing center field, batting second, Aaron Judge right field. Third, uh, batting third in the lineup is Luke Voigt. He's the DH today. Batting fourth is Gleyber Torres at shortstop. Playing first base and batting fifth is Greg, Greg Bird. DJ LeMay, he's batting sixth. Playing second base, Clint Frazier is in left field. He's batting seventh. Gio Urshela is batting eighth. Playing third base and catching is Austin Roman, Urshela. who's playing ninth. Uh, obviously, Gary Sanchez hit the DL today. Um, the injured list, excuse me. You um, pig. <laughs> please, 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 whoever's out there, please do not get mad at me for that one. Uh, he ends up on the injured list for 10 days due to a calf strain. I just need to see the Yankees can right this ship uh, over here during this weekend. You got swept by the Astros. Move on. You got the Boston Red Sox coming in next week uh, for a tough two-game set. You, they they got to show me something this week. Is it bad that I feel like the Yankees playing the White Sox going to the series have a very legitimate chance at getting swept? Yeah, that's bad. Do you? Don't you? You can see it. No, nah, I don't see them getting swept. I could see it so easily. Not swept. Yeah. Two games. Two games out of three. Okay, but I think the Yankees. I think the Yankees win tonight. You like Glaber in the four hole, hitting cleanup. I mean, what else are you gonna put there? <laughs> you know, that's well, the you, well, the issue is you can't put um, Gardner. No, you can't put Bird there because you don't want to go lefty, no. lefty. Could you put? Would you think about maybe Lemayhew hitting cleanup? No, 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 no. I'd rather have Torres back in cleanup. Okay. Mm. Well, that I mean. Well, uh, the other thing you could do is maybe you move Lemayhew to the two hole, and you could put Judge, judge at th- three, three point so, four. No, putting your best power hitter for the sacrilegious nowadays. I don't understand. <laughs> I'd be crazy. I, I, I yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that that was the only other thing I could think of is. You move He's Le- got about second year best power hitter. Move LeMayhew okay, to two, goes. yeah. And then move Judge down one spot, Voight down one spot, you know. Yankees win tonight, though. Going up against uh, Giolito. Oh, former Nats, great. Mm-hmm. Jay Happ going up against Giolito tonight at the stadium. I think the Yankees win tonight. Hmm. And CC tomorrow. CC is tomorrow for his first is, game of the year. Is CC on a pitch count tomorrow? I'm pretty sure he's going to be. He made one, one uh, rehab start down in Florida. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to have him most probably 70? 75, 80 pitches. It's not a hot dog count. <laughs> it's not, he he's not Joey Chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for 4th of July. <laughs> best, best 10 minutes of sports. Oh, absolutely. Take us out. I got to go. <laughs> I got to be traffic. <laughs> he's got to go. I got to go to work. Uh, but thanks for joining us this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be here same time on Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. For James Baccioni and John Fogarty, who hasn't been here all week. I'm Renee Canales. <laughs> or last week. <laughs> <laughs> or last week. Or the week before that. And our producer, Big Mike Rifkin. I'm Renee Canales. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the sports weekend. Have a great one. Stay warm. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Masters. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a weekend. Oh, absolutely. Watch your soccer, too, if you can. Have a good one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
See ya. <laughs> it's the Worldwide Tom? Sports Radio Network. Radio.